Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Journey Now podcast by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, please visit journeytn.com. Hey everyone, this is Susie Lind, your host for today's Journey Now podcast. I recently sat down with Mike Erie, who joined our teaching team late last fall. I thought it would be a great way for us to get to know a little bit more about him and his story. So if you didn't hear part one, it aired on Monday, March 15th. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Mike that I hope you'll enjoy. And as always, if you are loving this podcast, take a screenshot, share it, like it, all the things that will help get Journey Now into the ears of other people and bring hope and encouragement. Have an awesome day wherever you are. Um, okay, so then you go, you end up going to seminary. Yes, for philosophy of religion. So I love the, still love the philosophy. And there was a guy named J.P. Moreland mm-hmm. who was starting uh, an intellectually rigorous um, half theology, half philosophy of religion, M.A. Mm-hmm. in uh, in California. And so I, my my goal was to become a professor for a university and to Mm -hmm. teach undergrad philosophy and to be an academic. Um, And so I went to this place and um, my goodness, the world opened up. I mean, you know, we, you would have, I mean, for instance, they would make us write a 500 word summary of a 40 page journal article written by the world's leading atheists. And you would have to, you'd have 300 words to summarize it and 200 words to critique it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it taught how to bring simplicity right out of context. Yeah. I mean, it was a new vocabulary. It was a new language and, um, you know, it was a new element to, oh, okay. So we like, as Jesus people, we don't have to be afraid of big questions. Like Jesus isn't threatened by our faith. And curiously enough, I was introduced in seminary to a guy by the name of Dallas Willard, mm. whose life um, had impacted my mentor, J.P. Moreland. Um, Dallas was a, a philosophy professor at USC and had just written a book called The Divine Conspiracy. And... Um, and that book introduced me to Jesus in a way I'd never met him, you know, before. Um, and it was big and rich. And and Jesus, I mean, Dallas would say things like, well, you know, when people would have questions and, and ask Dallas, well, well, you know, what should I do? And, and, and Dallas would say, well, Jesus would encourage you to pursue the truth um, at all costs. Jesus would, I mean, he, he just wasn't afraid. Yeah, he encouraged of, the doubts. Like he, yes. he encouraged you to lean into your doubts and questions. Yes, and yeah. th- thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> that Jesus is not only unafraid of them, but um, he he welcomed them in the Gospels. Yeah. But he also he Dallas would say he is where all curiosity ends up. He would say Jesus is where all curiosity yes. ends up. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Now, obviously, that's not true for everybody, but it, it, it framed the ability to sit in tension and mystery and ambiguity as a necessary part of the journey of faith if it's yeah. going to 
honest and that Jesus wasn't interested in our pretending. And that man, that, that began to open up all sorts of new vistas yeah. in the, um, the, the, uh, the willingness to engage in people's questions and, and to not, and to not be threatened by them. Like, like I, I began to realize good answers don't mo- mostly don't do a lot of good work, right? Yeah. Cause, but bad answers do a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. So, so it wasn't so much the answer, but it was how you answer. Did you answer as a panicky, defensive, insecure, we have to tighten the borders and you're a heretic if you doubt posture, or did we, do we come at these things from a position of, um, of openness, grace, yeah. boundless curiosity and joy? Well, I let what you just described is what we've been talking about in terms of how we want journey to be like, as far as a place that's, 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 that's got wells instead of fences. Right. Yeah. So well, what you're, you're, you're describing the well community where there's so much for you to come and receive in the midst of all those questions and doubts, totally. as opposed to fences that kind of yes put the guardrails yes. down. So I I'm hearing you talk a lot about, your questions and, and, and being with people who, um, encourage that. Like, so that was modeled for you. You do that really well for other people. You, you create Um, very safe spaces on the box podcast with us. We've already experienced where questions are welcome and doubts are welcome. And like, you've said yourself that the church should be the safest place to come, um, and work stuff out. Right. So how, was there any point where, you're curious because it sounds like your curiosity grew and 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 you kept growing as a believer but but was there any point where um where the darkness and or or the doubt and the the questions kind of turned into darkness that maybe felt like it was overcoming your faith yes oh what a great question Susie uh, there have been several several occasions of that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the first was um, I at uh, 32, which mm-hmm. was approximately three years ago. <laughs> I was working. Uh, I had just started this church you mentioned, Rock Harbor. I blew out my ACL, MCL, and PCL. I had to go for surgery. And the day of surgery, I came home and began having panic attacks that were it was an entirely new sensation. I didn't have a word for it. It just felt like mm-hmm. I was dying. Mm-hmm. And that, that spiraled into massive amounts of anxiety and depression. Like I had no idea what this was. No one had ever talked to me about this. I'd always been able to perform, manage, pretend my way out of stuff. Yeah. And I was devastated. I was, I would just sit and cry. I would um, just waking up. My first thought would be, is it gone? Nope. It's not gone. Um, And then, and then just the day would settle in like, Oh, it was, it was, it was awful. Uh, And it would come and go. Mm -hmm. And so that, that began a season um, where I would go to therapy, but I was looking for relief. I wasn't Mm -hmm. looking for healing, which is a far different thing. Um where faith became really dark, like my insides were scary. And so like so many, the intellectual aspect of faith can become a place to hide. Yeah. Um, And so I was not able to hide there anymore. And, you know, um, the, like 
why wasn't this being healed? Why wasn't this being taken away? Uh, what is this? What's wrong with mm-hmm. me? Um, like preaching became a nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, which was had been my joy. Um, and so, so that was a moment of great darkness in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, our firstborn, Nate, was diagnosed on the autistic spectrum um, very early in his life. He was a total savant with mm-hmm. numbers and music, the things he could do. And we just thought, oh, he's bright. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was, but um, there was, and, 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 uh, and I remember just beating my fist against the steering wheel of my truck. Um, like so hurt and angry mm-hmm. that, that this was the family I was inheriting. And, and then believe it or not, we recovered him so that, you know, you'd meet him now and you'd be like, Oh my goodness, this kid's, you know, but then five days after he started kindergarten or 10 days after he started kindergarten uh, as an undesignated. All right. So just normal kid, typical kid. uh, We found out our youngest had down syndrome Hmm. and there was a lot of darkness there because, you know, I wish we were so awesome, but a, We'd already done the special needs thing, and that yeah. had been really hard. Yeah. B, I had specifically asked, I specifically not had child number three for fear of, of having a child with Down syndrome because we had some scares. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my wife is advanced maternal age and blah, 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 blah. And I remember we were driving on this, uh, this road near the Orange County Fairgrounds. And I was just, it was just sitting heavy on me. And I, 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 the thought, you know, kind of zapped into my head, like, well, live by faith and not by fear. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so I wanted to have a third kid. And so we did. Mm-hmm. And then to find out, you know, that he did have Down syndrome. Um, it was, it was really hard. It was, and, and that happened in a four year stretch where every fall, the first fall, I lost my dad. Second fall, I lost my stepfather. Third fall, Seth was born. Fourth fall, uh, we lost my father-in-law. Hmm. And so we were just in the midst of like, this doesn't, uh, this, this isn't happening to all of our friends. Mm-hmm. Like we seem to be particular. We t- we seem to be singled out. Yeah, because you're and, talking. A, you're talking several years of yes. darkness closing in, like from thirty-two. Yes, you know, and then if few years of, of things, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, you know, and you combine that with the, the joys of, um, of anxiety and you, you just get out, you get a recipe yeah. for what they call the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you're pastoring and preaching through this in front of time. all these. Yes. That's the thing. And everyone thinks you're, you're the thing, you're the guy, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. so you're getting all this, all these accolades from people. You're, I mean, no. rock for those, the listeners who don't really know rock Harbor is a mega church. I mean, or was a mega church. I don't, I don't know what they would call it now, but it's a large church. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you went on to, to, uh, Mariners and, you know, so you've been at all these churches that have built up lots of people coming and participating. And meanwhile, you're going through all this garbage on the inside. Yep. I'd start start on meds and I gained, 
So Rock Harbor, Southern Orange County is so looks focused. Yeah. And so I gained, I mean, I gained 50 or 60 pounds just by starting a, a drug called Lexapro. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was, I mean, it was so, so you have the track. So I'm hiding. I mean, this mm-hmm. is what I've learned. I was doing, I was hiding uh, all of that shame mm-hmm. behind competence. Mm-hmm. So I had to go out and pretend even if life was horrible, mm-hmm. even if it, even if things were awful, I had to go out and perform. Um, were you uh, ever not able to perform? That's so, such a good question. Um, there were, there were some times when um, I, I was shamed into performing. And so I would By a person have, or yourself? By, yeah, by a person. Okay. Um, there, were, there were times where, um, I mean, there was one, the, one of the worst times was I was, <laughs> I just started having anxiety watching a Chris Farley Christmas special mm-hmm. of all things. And I just got worse and it spiraled and it spiraled and I'm out in my backyard. It's raining. It's three in the morning and I have to preach, you know, four services the next day. Mm. And I mean, you know, I don't know how I managed to get through. So do you call that, was that managing to perform? I don't know. Um, God, you know, God in his grace, never, he never failed to meet me in those mm-hmm. really dark places. But as I look back, I, I was learning a very bad behavior, mm-hmm. which is um, that preaching means I have to get emotionally in the place and spiritually in the place where I have it all together. Um, and, uh, and and that that wasn't a healthy pattern to get into. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What I, what I needed to do was to take time away. <laughs> okay. So was there a breaking point at, at some point? Was there a breaking point that, cause you can't go on like that forever. Yeah. So yeah. what was the breaking point? Um, there was a specific weekend where I made a decision to do something because the, the kind of leadership wasn't, there and there was just a lot of i interpreted the response of leadership as just a great deal of shaming mm-hmm. and um and so i i decided to resign mm-hmm. um and i wanted to go someplace safe mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go someplace where i didn't i i felt like i could be weaker mm-hmm. so yeah there was a moment for sure mm-hmm. um and, um, and so, you know, that began an unraveling from rock Harbor, mm-hmm. um, that has turned out great. I mean, in the sense of my love and affection and all of this stuff has, sure. has been incredible, but I just couldn't work there anymore, uh, in my state. Yeah. Cause, cause where, what I've, I've realized is that I just have this, this mountain of shame underneath mm-hmm that um, competence was the only way I could manage it. And when I couldn't, when I, you know, shame overwhelmed me there. And so I had to run. And so I ran back to Mariners. I'd worked at Mariners before as a college pastor. The Mariners was safe. I had a, I didn't have to be the, the 
um, you know, the, the main person I could just mm-hmm. teach in this little campus, you know, back, mm-hmm. you know, 20 miles or 19 miles away from Rock Harbor or whatever. And, um, and it wasn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't pray. I didn't see God. It was just, I wanted to run to someplace safe yeah, um, where I could just go be a rock star, but not have to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, carry the same weight of performing and the same shame. And that's what I began to learn about myself is that, that's that at every point in my journey, shame would overwhelm me and I would run. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at my resume, like I was, I was at Mariners then for two years and I went to EV free Fullerton, which is a church in North Orange County. Mm-hmm. I was there for three and a half years. And then we started Vox and I was there for two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, in each of those ended when shame became too much for me to mm-hmm. handle. Yeah. So, um, so Ohio has been interesting because here I've not had anything Mm-hmm. Uh, just doing a podcast. Um, yeah. I, I applied, <laughs> I would apply for jobs that were like campus pastor of a video venue mm-hmm. where I wasn't even speaking and I would be turned down mm-hmm. and it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so, it was yeah. like, here is all of this ugliness and you don't have any competence to hide behind. And it was glorious and horrible. And, and all of these divergent paths, you know, it all just came to a head in Ohio and, um, and, and thank, thank you, Jesus, that, that the, the great mountain, um, of shame became exposed here Mm -hmm. and, and work began to heal it or Mm. to bring healing to it and integration to, you know, for the first time feeling, man, I'm, I'm getting emotional about this, but for the first time feeling aligned mm-hmm. and integrated as a human being mm-hmm. and coming into a community that, that knows all of this, all of the fracturing that's gone on and knows about the mountain of shame. Mm. And um, it's just been absolutely remarkable. I mean, remarkable. And again, I mean, it's the full circle, right? Because what, what nurtured me in mm-hmm. as, a, as a total shallow newbie was the womb of a healthy church community. Mm-hmm. And here we are 20-something years later, mm-hmm. finding healing and restoration in a healthy church community. Um, you know, and it's just, I mean, what a, what a gift yeah. to... To, to to be with people who don't lean away in terror from from real brokenness not like yeah yeah I used to struggle with this but like no I, my heart still can lean this way <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just doesn't it just doesn't happen it doesn't happen yeah and so for you and Kevin and Tim for Jamie and the culture he instilled mm-hmm. for the people journey, to provide a place like this. I mean, you know, my first, I mean, you talk about not being able to perform. So I'm supposed to preach <laughs> my first weekend and I'm sick 
And then, then I preached my first sermon in years. And it was just such a big day for me. And my heart rhythm goes crazy. And I'm totally humiliated sitting in an emergency room weeping because there's still no competence to hide behind. And I'm just like, Lord, why, why? None of my friends have to go through this nonsense. Why do I have to keep going through this? And I don't have a good answer for that. Um, but as with all things, you look back on it and you see the wisdom, like the yeah. relentless kindness. And, and that's the problem. I mean, C.S. Lewis says this so well in A Grief Observed. You know, it, 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 it's, it's not like he's malicious because that, that would be better. It would be better if he were malicious because then he says you, you could hope for a fit of mercy or a fit of forgetfulness, yeah. but because he's so good, he won't stop. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just, it's just so true. You know, it's as you, as you kind of shared the last bit of your story, you know, even from like moving to Ohio and, and being turned down for jobs that you're, obviously more than capable of doing, it really brings to mind Psalm 23. And this, I love the line in Psalm 23, where he says, he makes me lie down (laughs) (laughs) in green pastures. Like he makes you lie down because you wouldn't do it yourself, you know? And sometimes he makes you lie down and he leads you beside still waters, things that aren't moving the way that you want them to. And then he prepares a table before your enemies. Like, you know, right. when you think in about like, yeah. And we think we read that at the surface and we think of war and, and violence, but we don't think about the enemies of the heart and the things that, mm-hmm. that war against our, our own souls. Yeah. And, and yeah. here he is That's like right. saying, Mike, here's a table. Look at all right. your stuff. Yeah. It's all out here. It was like and a table of broccoli. Well, but it's also a table of feasting. Yes, it's become that. That and that's the great. Well, it's becoming exa- that. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's but, not but, even. But, it's not always feeling that way, but, that's but right. there is that's something right. there. Like broccoli is good for you, dadgummit. Yeah, <laughs> and you no, may not. No, but you're right, and I, mm-hmm. I gotta interrupt you because yeah, go for it. What you're saying is so important. And it's the, it's the, it's the causes of the darkness that have turned out to be the greatest gifts, Mm -hmm. right? Like anxiety and depression bit has turned out to be a gift in the Mm -hmm. sense that I've learned uh, about God's presence in weakness. Mm -hmm. Seth, my youngest and, and his magnificent um, personhood has been a gift and I know it's cliche, but you know, it turns out that it was actually true too. Um, he is my mentor in the way of Jesus. Mm. I mean, he is just incredible. The mountain of shame has been a gift. Um in, in the sense that I'm beginning to to I I I um I have so much empathy for people who will the church would relegate as you're just in sin. Mm-hmm. You're just a hardcore sinner. You're destined to hell. Um, I just have such grace for people for their prequel and their sequel. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I, 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 
you know, we had a theology Thursday talk about the open table. That's why I'm so passionate about it because, mm-hmm. you know, if the table's open for me, it's open for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I, I feel like the, the things that I were initially curses, you know, turn out to be gifts. And, and again, I mean, uh, I hate myself for saying it because um, it's so cliche, but I don't know. It's been true. And so, um, and so it's been, it's been a fascinating journey, uh, pun intended to begin to live as an integrated human person, mm-hmm. acknowledging, yep, shame, shame. That's that there's trauma there. There's shame there. There's sin there. There's rebellion there. There's doubt there. Um, and that whole package is loved uh, by Jesus, used by Jesus, um, transformed by Jesus. And the very parts that I thought were the, the most difficult turn out to be the parts that have hollowed me out for the best gifts that God has to give, yeah. right? His joy, his peace. And so um, that's the thing, man. I just, I, I don't, I wish I would have learned it sooner. I, I do wish that. You know, I wish I would have, um, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to receive it, but I wish I would have learned mm-hmm. it sooner. You know, just because when you're, um, we, we're all wrestling with elements of our Christian inheritance that are toxic. Mm-hmm. And they're toxic because they've been filtered through people who are deeply wounded and right. malformed. Right. Um, and, uh you know, I, so I'm, I'm, I am eager for this, uh, a breath of therapeutic and the personality and spiritual discipline focus around building character to withstand the pressure of the stage. The more, the more I read the Sermon on the Mount, Susie, Mm -hmm. the more I realize the stage that of our churches is the antithesis of everything that Jesus values. Right. And all of the spiritual danger he warns against is embodied in the stage. Yeah. And how, how do you build a soul that can withstand that? I mean, it can't be any other way, but through suffering. It wasn't wasn't meant for that. Yeah. You know, so the, 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 the lesson I've learned and one of the reasons why I just find journey compelling is I I've learned to not trust anyone unless I see them limping mm-hmm. as they've wrestled with God, right? There's this great old Testament story about Jacob wrestling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with either God himself or an angel of the Lord. And he comes out with this limp and it's like, yes, mm-hmm. yes. And even Israel, one who struggles with God, ah, oh, yeah. what a beautiful picture. And, and so, so to, for those who are struggling with their God. We're like, yes, that's fantastic. Jesus is so, he, he wants that. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want our pretending or performing. So um, it's just a delight to not only be able to bless, but be blessed by what's happening, you know, in our, in our little community. Yeah. And, you know, you, you embody so much of this, Susie, Kevin embodies this. Um, I mean, the, 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 the community does no, no question about it, but it's been a great thing. Well, we strongly believed when we were looking to add to our team last fall that 
whoever we bring on needs to have experienced a measure of brokenness <laughs> and yeah. needs a limp, not because we wanted to take on a project, <laughs> right, right, but because right, right. that's all that's of us. I mean, yeah. we, all of us are that way. And what we love about journey is this desire to, to live in our truth and in, in truth and, right. and to, to show up like with our whole selves, fully integrated with all the good, the hard, the ugly, all of it. And, and so we can't be led by somebody who, you know, we can't have a leadership team that displays some false image of perfection. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, no, no, no danger there. Yeah. You're in good company, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We're all. Hot mess of some sort. <laughs> but that, but that's, but that, mm-hmm. that's the gift, right? That's yeah. what we're fighting for. I mean, when people ask me, why does our podcast exist? Um, our standard line is we want to be a home for spiritually homeless people. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Vox podcast. The Vox podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the deep vision is to see a church that looks and acts and feels like Jesus. That's mm-hmm. just, that's what it is. Yeah. And, um, and so to, to pursue that, you know, the, the hypocrisy was talking about that, but not being part of a church, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you're podcasting from just this ivory tower, a tower of your office mm-hmm. with apart from real relationship and community. Yeah. And, um, so that's what excites me about, about this is you know this is the lifelong project this isn't a gig a job mm-hmm. a check this is like no 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 this is this is what we were fighting for because yeah. we're broken in community and we're healed in community mm-hmm. that's the only way it works and so um it's good yeah that's jesus said that i think somewhere beautifully anyway thanks thank mike you. yeah hate you for asking all these good questions but thank you <laughs> Okay, you'll learn to love me. I'll see you. I do. All right, bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Journey Now podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast.